Welcome to another edition of Truth and Rhythm. This is the interview show that gets deep in the pocket with contemporary music's foremost masters of the groove. I am your host, Scott Dr. GX Wolfi. If you enjoy this programming, subscribe to the Funkin' Stuff channel on YouTube, which is where Truth and Rhythm lives, and be an advocate by spreading the word among fellow funk, jazz, and R&B music lovers. Join Truth and Rhythm's membership program through Patreon. You can also submit a direct donation to the cause anytime at funkandstuff.net. At that site, you can also purchase the book, Everything's on the One, The First Guide of Funk. Shop for official Truth and Rhythm and Funk and Stuff merchandise and use the Amazon links for all of your online purchases, which allocates a percentage to this show. For those of you who go the extra step in supporting the show, you have my heartfelt gratitude for allowing us to continue to shine the light on those special artists whose quest is to find truth in rhythm. Hey everybody, it's the inaugural edition of the Truth and Rhythm Holiday Special Roundtable. I've invited outstanding past guests of the show to join me to share their perspectives about the year in music and life events, update us on their own creative pursuits, look ahead to 2024, and share best wishes for the season. For this momentous occasion, I'm delighted to welcome back to the Truth and Rhythm Mothership, trombonist Greg Boyer of the P-Funk Horns, who has also worked with Prince, singer Tommy Jenkins, a founding member of Cameo, singer Kipper Jones, a founding member of Tease, and Eftali Santiago, former drummer for Mandrill. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me. How is everybody? Well, good. I know good. I'm good. Looks good. Everybody's looking well. What a panel you've uh, assembled here, my man. Yeah, thanks, man. I think uh, uh, Greg's having some issues, so hopefully he'll connect back in. But uh, in the meantime, uh, let's uh, go around and tell tell the folks where you're at today. Let's start with Naftali. Where are you today? Uh, you mean uh, uh, location-wise? Yeah. Where are you coming to us from? Uh, Los Angeles. I'm in Los Angeles. And um wrapping up a documentary for Netflix right now. Very cool. We'll yeah. have to talk a little bit more about that for sure. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Kip, where are you at? Atlanta, right? Yeah, man. I am in. Uh, I'm in Atlanta. Or for those of you who know Atlanta, I'm in East Point. <laughs> so, so just so you know, where in Atlanta I actually am, I'm over here where uh, on the on the west side of town they call it, um, not not far from the Mercedes Benz Stadium, right? And uh, and all of that stuff. So, yeah, man. That's where oh, welcome. The a. welcome, welcome. Yes, mm -hmm. And Tommy is not far away, I don't think, right? Uh, that would be a no. I am far away. <laughs> I'm in Lawrenceville. This is in Atlanta, it's a, what they call the metro area, which keeps expanding as uh as the uh, city grows. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I'm in uh, Lawrenceville, which is north of uh, where Kip is. Yeah, it's uh, Gwinnett County. What Very is it? cool. Um, Very Atlanta cool. Metro is everything from Chattanooga to Macon. So, yeah, how about that? Yeah. <laughs> right. It's, ta it's taken over uh, the whole state pretty soon, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Right. Very cool. Well, guys, you know, I'd like to first talk about new music, uh, if any, that you had out during 2023, uh, or if you're involved with some studio work during the year and kind of, you know, catch us up on that. So, uh, Let's go right back and start with Neftali. I know uh, you've been working on a lot of things in 2023. Can you yeah, yeah. the folks to that a little bit? Well, you know, I I turned 70 this year, and and I said to myself, I'm not going to wait for a reunion because it's not going to happen, you know. But there's a lot of music that I was a part of that I still want to celebrate, 
And there's there's a void out there because nobody's really performing live music the way it was back in the day, you know. So this year, I said to myself, you know what? I'm not going to wait for a promoter. I'm not Mandrill. I'm not going to try to go out there with the name Mandrill. That's I'm going to go out there as Funkadrill. That's who I am. Yes, I'm going to play Mandrill music. I, I wrote some of the songs. I created the music with, with the band. So why not play it? It's it's my right to play it. And whatever, you know, um, consequences there were, I prayed about it. I lifted it up and I said, I'm going for it. And I did. I I booked myself in, in a venue uh, for two nights and I paid for, you know, really good musicians, as you know, Spacey T, Mark Ray and and uh, Joe Keys, all kinds of people. There was a lot of us. And, and, um, and uh, you know, Netflix was there and, um, and offered me a deal, uh, a documentary deal. And so I'm putting that together. And that, that expands uh, not just uh, my Mandrill career, but my whole musical career, which, you know, I've done a lot of stuff. Every, Mandrill is, is the go-to because, you know, that was a lot of years, you know. Um, uh, but I've done a lot of stuff since, like right now, Release the Funk. I'm trying to place that. I won't put it out myself. I can't do that. And in 2023, I tr I was thinking about doing that. A lot of people have have like bought it privately, but I won't put it on the internet because I want it to be released and I want it to be up for a Grammy nomination because I believe funk is something that people think is dead. It's gone. And it that's that's so untrue. You know, it's it's not only being played well today but it's being created today so that's what my 23 lo is looked like <laughs> and continues on into 24. well that's awesome and congratulations on that and uh you know how yeah. i feel about keeping that alive so just yeah, gratitude great job yeah um Let's go to Tommy. I know you had a new record uh, out a couple months ago, Soul Survivor, and uh, how's that going? Yeah. And what else can yeah. you tell us about uh, the year of music for you? Yeah, the year, uh, I was very happy with the way the uh, album came out, uh, Soul Survivor. Yeah, it's uh, had some great producers on there, Lee Hurst, I'm sure Kip knows Lee, um, uh, and another cat, uh, Sante Valls. He uh, produced along with myself, uh, the album it took a couple of years to finally get it uh, where it was uh, where I felt it was ready to for the for uh, for release. But I'm very happy with the way it turned out. It's one of the projects that I can say was really a personal kind of project. My writing was more a lot more personal on this one, and the music that was created was kind of like perfect for. Uh, for uh, what I wanted to say. Mm. And uh, so far, you know, I didn't, it was independently released like all my other stuff, you know, uh, but I think it it uh, it got, it was well-received. So far, so good. You know, I mean, it's uh, the singles out. I have yet to do a video, which I really plan on doing, but it's very interesting. I also wrote a book, uh, a novel. Well, I'm a novelist. I wrote three books. Uh, this is my third. Oh. And, uh, it's called Finding Carrie. It's on uh, Amazon right now, but it, um, I'm in the in talks for a wider release with a major uh, publishing company. But that's really where my uh, I've been thinking about this actually um, over the last couple of weeks about music and about how I really want to approach um, my solo or my personal music. It's good to 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 um, it's good to, if you're a musician and you're a singer or you're a writer or you're a creative in any kind of capacity you got to do it no matter what whether it's commercially available whether or not you you feel as if you want to release it but in the musical milieu that it is now in this climate it's difficult for legacy artists like artists like us to think about okay streams and spotify and all that nonsense you got i mean it's it's rigged in a low in a in a whole different kind of way you know so mm -hmm. uh it's cool 
if you want to, I think the money should go directly to us. If you got some, if you got stuff, man, you know, do it on CDs or a vinyl or sell it so that you get the money directly because the pennies that they're paying on Spotify and these other uh, streaming services are, is, is uh, criminal. Actually, it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm planning on still doing music. If I, if I release a, a video, I'm, I'm going to do that, but I really am focusing on my writing Um uh, and uh, and my novels and and I'm writing a sequel now to my first book. So I've been really, really focusing on that. Uh, another aspect of my journey uh, this year is Nathan Lieutenant and I have uh, we're both former members of Cameo, actually original members. And we have a group now called The Word Up Story. And mm. we've uh, we've done some show. One, one show we did here in, in the ATO and it was very well received and we're uh, talking to some promoters, some booking agents are very interested in in this thing because it's it really captures the essence of cameo and the, where we came from. Because you've got two original cats, you know what I mean, who know who were upfront, who know the history, know how to bring it live with the energy that cameo had. We're still young, I mean, relatively speaking, you know, I mean, young at heart. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but we, you know, we still got the energy and uh, the video that we uh, did, actually, it was it was uh, it was recorded uh, at the uh, St. James here in Atlanta. And you can see that video online on YouTube. So if you just search, search um, the word up story, you'll see it. And you'll that was our first show. We had one rehearsal, or a couple of rehearsals. But uh, we plan on having another rehearsal coming up in a, in a week. And we got some very exciting things happening um, uh, for 2024. Very, very exciting. So I'm excited about that. I'm personally involved in a, my partner and I, he lives in L.A. We have a film that we've been developing called, uh, I think we talked about this, Scott, uh, a couple of times, uh, um, Ismosis. It's a story of a funk band, a fictional funk band. And that's been in development right now where we're shopping it, uh, the different um, different uh, streaming services and things like that. We have script. It's it's really this five cats who grew up in Chicago. And we think anybody who's ever joined a funk band, because, you know, you've had the stories of Temptations and Five Heartbeats and things like that, right? This was there. I don't think there's ever been a story told about funk, about a funk band and how in the 70s, actually, 70s, 80s. Excuse me. And it really tells that story where all of our peers, Lakeside, Confunction, you know, Varkays, they could all be able to they all relate to this. It's a very, very cool story. And I'm excited about going to the next level with that thing. So. Yeah, there's a lot going on, man. You know, I'm 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 looking really forward to uh this next year. It's gonna be fun. Fun. Outstanding, man. Congratulations on all that, Tommy. And uh we'll talk more about 24 a little bit uh later and remind folks too. Um man, exciting stuff. And I can't wait to hear the soundtrack for that movie. Oh okay. yeah, yeah. I did the music uh to it actually. And the funny interesting thing about it. I don't want to take up all the time, but the interesting thing about it, we have five young fellas, young cats who uh, are the hip hop generation and this, they're singers and actors. And I was in the studio with them producing the uh, their vocals. And it's funny because I didn't even realize that funk had a funk singing has a technique. And while you're doing it, you didn't even I didn't realize that there was technique, but there wasn't that many that much vibrato, not a lot of, you know, vocal acrobatics that that, uh, you know, are done today with a lot of singers. It was pretty much straightforward. Uh, and that's one of the things that I learned myself as I was producing these young cats in the studio. So the it's that's the interesting thing about this film. They sing themselves. They'll be recorded, of course. And um, and what's interesting about it as well, when you watch the Five Heartbeats in particular, which I love that movie, they were a group that 
were of that era, but you they never really interacted with the other groups that were the other singing groups. You never saw like the Temps or Four Tops or any of those other groups that were around during that period. In our film, you're going to see Bootsy, you're going to see uh, uh, KC in the Sunshine Band, you're going to see uh, all these uh, Ohio players and these these different guys. They're, they're, they're going to be played by different stars, though. You're going to recognize them. The cats, the... the, uh, the um, the musicians, the singers, they actually the band, they're unknowns. So they're they're just like pretty much everybody in the five heartbeats was uh pretty much until you know until that film. So yeah, there's a lot of uh, nuance, a lot of interesting um levels to the film. So we're excited about it. Everybody, <laughs> everybody that sees it, there was one point where we had the music and we had some videos that we filmed years ago that People were looking at the videos and they're on stage and they're singing. They got afros and the and the 70s gear and everything. And actually, there was a club in L.A. that wanted to book them because they thought they were a real band. So that's how that's how real this is. So. OK, I'm done. <laughs> wow. I mean, yep. you know, I've. I, I still feel like I'm a groupie around you, Tommy. I got to remember. Oh man, please! I mean, especially when we start having these conversations, because it's like, dude, do you know who you are? <laughs> yeah, instead of me saying, "Do you know who I am?" <laughs> I know, right? No, I'll say it for you. Yes, no, it's all good. Everybody here is a legend, as far as I'm concerned. That's right. Yeah, yes, yeah. I mean, I wanted to have a good, you know, broad representation of the funk spectrum, so. That's why I chose you guys, you know. Um, Greg, Greg, man, uh, tell us a little bit about Twenty Three for you. I know uh, you've been, uh, you know, touring with George, and uh, I think doing some stuff with uh, Benny, right? And get yes, us up to speed. Uh, that's correct. Now, I was touring with Maceo up until they called us home for COVID, and so Maceo at that point stopped touring, and he's like, "This is it. That's a wrap." And I heard about George doing this farewell tour. So I was like, well, I'm not doing that gig. And this might have some historical significance. So I was like, oh, well, you know, if you're looking to get your old trombone player back, would you be interested? He's like, shoot, the door's always open. So that was in June of 2021. I've been playing in the band since then. I'm like, when is this last concert going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it's been a good run. And, you know, we're trying to meld some of the, the new uh, uh, hip hop along with the old stuff and the performances. Matter of fact, they got um, the, the GC3, which is supposedly the uh, third generation, excuse me, and I'm doing a lot of that. And then I'm home just doing horn arrangements up the yin-yang. It's like uh, uh, the, the table just never clears, man. I'm always and the dinosaur that I am. I'm still writing it by hand and, you know, not using the keyboard or anything, but it turned out it's a good product. So just got home, as a matter of fact, earlier today from doing a show out in Oakland with uh, the Fox Theater out there. And uh, Dumpster Funk and Fishbone were on it along with us. But, yeah, man, it's been a, a, a long, drawn-out P-Funk process since mid-2021. Wow. Uh, you know, I got to say, it's so nice to have the, the trombone back in the mix, you know? I mean, that was, for me, that was missed. Uh, th that's what I've been hearing, but you know, I heard some stuff, you know, when I wasn't there, and I, I was like, well, I don't think they're missing too much. But you know, my job is just to add flavor when and wherever possible. So you know, if it's you know thickening up the horn section that hasn't been the same size since '96 or whatever, then I'm all for it. Are you doing any recording with that Baltimore uh, Funk Connection situation? Yeah, the the, the Baltimore Funk Foundation. It's Foundation. we've been doing some recording, yes, but more than anything, it's a, it's an effort and an attempt 
to get young kids interested playing instruments and preferably funk, but it's not limited to just that. Because mm -hmm. you think about when we were kids, you know, we had influences everywhere. You could watch uh, I Love Lucy and see the band. You could see the Tonight Show, Midnight Special, Rock Concert. Everybody in the playing program at school was playing in a funk band off campus. And it was bands at every block. But now if a kid says, I want to learn how to play trumpet so I can sound like, you know, who is that person? Those people, I'm going to say they're non-existent, but they're just not as in your face as when we were kids. So the, the aim of the Baltimore Funk Foundation is to be that influence, you know, to be that person that you can say, you know, the guy down at the foundation plays such and such. I want to be a musician just like that. Because the benefits of music programs are, you know, well known. And I think that anything that bolsters education in this country is kind of like put on the back burner. I hate to sound like a, a conspiracy theorist, but look around, man. You know, they're taking or not really investing in the arts like they used to. So it's upon us. Uh, to go ahead and, and take over that part of the, uh, the music education since uh, the schools are either negligent or, you know, not willing. And so, so and, and the thing of it is, too, you play in a music program. It applies to all the other subjects that you take in school. It's, it's science. It's mathematics. It's art, of course. It's communication. It's languages. And one of the other things that people neglect to acknowledge is when you have a music program in school, the people in that program are have better attendance. So, you know, even if it means just getting kids to show up, you know, music is that thing, music and arts. And I think that it might be uh, by design to have the education system in this country the way it is because you know the stupider we are the more they can get away with stuff <laughs> mm -hmm. so yeah it, it's it, it's crunch time out here man so you know us you know people that have benefited from when you could get your hands on art and music and it wasn't a big ordeal you just go to school and it's there, you know, just turn on the TV, it's there, turn on the radio, it's there. You know, you just don't have that luxury anymore. You know, you don't get a chance to be an individual. You know, you have to sound like, you know, it's like a hundred people out here trying to sound like whatever the best female singer is, a hundred rappers all trying to sound the same. Nobody is putting their thumbprint on this, uh, on, on any of this art you know the creativity is i'm feeling like it's kind of low and i'm not saying it's not out there you can find it but you just have to look under a few more rocks than you used to back when we were kids well tremendous credit to you and the other guys for that effort you know it's so much needed and uh it's not going to happen unless you know guys like you do it so uh, you know, there's so many other attributes I think you gain from the music program too, just discipline, working well with others. And I mean, it's something that should just be integral to any education program in my mind. So, yeah, like the state of Maryland, and I was just uh, talking to this guy, they, you know, how they have the band competitions, the classical, and then they might have a big band jazz thing. They are just putting into place a commercial music. Um, I won't call it a contest, but, you know, one of those things where you go and you get graded and and then the best students in that perform some material, be able to play some music that is not, uh, I guess, in their eyes, old people music. <laughs> you know, they get to go out there and play some stuff that they hear only with real instruments and, you know, not some um, studio cats or really, uh, or plugins or anything like that. And I was uh, judging these kids and, you know, some of them are promising and some of them are just, you know, some kids that need to stick with it in order to really see the, uh, the flowers blossom and the fruit and the fruit grow. 
So, you know, we're trying to do some things in, a, in several places to put some instruments in these kids' hands. Yeah, that's beautiful, man. Yeah, thank you. For sure. And uh, last but not least, Kip, uh, what what do you got going 2023 and uh, music, uh, other creative pursuits? First of all, I don't know. I got a whole page of notes. So, I mean, <laughs> you guys have just been... Yeah. ultimately inspirational that's, that's that's what i'm saying so so let me just start at the top here and then i'll get to me some other time um so neftali i mean that whole thing the the netflix thing is yeah. is uh, god bless you man first of all i think that's awesome um and i can't wait to see what you do with it i think it's going to be incredible um but i think it's it's so 21st century too um, because you you know we all came up in an era when music was very separate from movies, which was very separate from television. Um, those things didn't really coexist so much as they do now. They're all connected. They're all interconnected. Um, even with the gaming industry, I mean, there's so much uh, music in that man. I um, you know Scott, I know you you know you know my history growing up in in bands and everything and tees and all of that kind of stuff, but. I think I've probably had more notoriety if that's a thing uh, as a songwriter and, and being able to write a song that um, was kind of a generational hit that, that Brandy piece uh, I want to be down for Brandy um, which is now getting enormous traction um, from, from hip hop artists for samples, for interpolations and all that kind of stuff. Well, now, I just got a request a couple of weeks ago. We're going to be in the new Grand Theft Auto 6. When it, whenever that comes out, I think now oh, they're really? saying 2025 <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, but, but yeah, but I mean, you know what I mean? So it's all this big interconnection thing now. And so, uh, Neftali, to see you doing the Netflix thing is like, that's what's supposed to happen. You know, it's 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 the um, natural progression, should I say. And And so I'm really glad to see that. Um, Tommy, you mentioned about how legacy artists aren't, you know, ain't nobody looking for us. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's, there's a gazillion of us and we all still killing the game. Um, I mean, I just saw Glenn Jones recently and was just like, my God in heaven. Um, so, I mean, we're out there and we're doing the thing. We're just uh, not what the majors in their current incarnation are looking for, checking for and doing. So, yes. Do it yourself if you can and if you have the desire. This DIY model that we live in now for me is, I think it's intrinsically interesting. It's, you can pretty, you are your own record business. Um, you know what I mean? You you can do as much business or as little business as you'd like to. Um, you can just do, you know, a 20 gigs a year if that's what you want to do and put them together and establish your fan base and get your merch together and have your career and believe me i look at eric roberson and cy smith and avery sunshine and rasan patterson and some of these indie artists and they're doing just fine they are doing just fine because they figured out a way to make it work um now the the thing with that is it can be pretty grueling physically yes we are older now um i don't know if you guys know but over the last year i've also dealt with the prostate cancer issue um mm -hmm. i had prostate cancer surgery last year july and then did seven and a half weeks of radiation treatment but i'm all good now and back mm -hmm. up and running um but yeah so we get older and you know can't really run as fast and you know jump as high and all those things as we used to you can dial it back man and i think especially the people involved in this conversation are not one dimensional um, artisans as it were. I think all of us do Tommy's writing books and, 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 and doing movies and still doing his music and all of that kind of thing. I mean, we're all very diverse. And so that, that just shows um, the depth of what can happen in this new environment. I, I, I'm excited about where the industry is now. Um, I've been at Berkeley, um, doing the music business de degree program for the last few years and just learned so much about, you know, uh, there was an era there where we were like, ah, man, the music business is dead. It's over. Eh, 
No, not so much. It's just different. And it morphs. It's always morphed. I mean, you know, the radio was going to kill the phonograph and then the, you know, TV was going to kill radio. I mean, it's always something. So that's it. it and, and so that's that's the evolution of this business. But um, maybe it's safer to say that the the in, the music industry as we knew it. Sure. Absolutely. It as we did. knew it. But but every but, you and, know, and it's so been what I've come to learn the monster. <laughs> sure. And what I've come to learn is that pretty much every generation is going to say that. The yeah. record business as we knew it is no longer. You made a comment about liner notes that just blessed my soul. Um, I'm so <laughs> sick of I'm so sick of being online and seeing kids talking about, hey man, did you see James Brown playing keys? It's like, yeah, oh, damn, really? I forgot. Y'all don't know. Um, and it's not your fault. We just don't have liner notes anymore. Um, yeah, Shaka Khan played in a group called Rufus. Yes, she did. And mm -hmm. we, and the drummer from that group, the second drummer, played on all the Michael Jackson stuff. Yes. And the guy from Heat Wave wrote all those Michael Jackson hits. Yes. It's just like, yeah, but they don't have liner notes and they don't know. Um, and, and again, this year has been incredible for me because I've reconnected with uh, Vanessa Williams, who I wrote like her very first song, uh, the right stuff back in 1988. We're doing new music and it's just crazy exciting. Nobody's going to see this coming. It's just, I cannot wait. Um, wait for that, bro. Yeah. Yeah, man. So that's, <laughs> that's like crazy right now. So I'm that's like, cool. um, because again, it's great with the catalog stuff because I get all the sample clearances and everything. Um, uh, sample requests rather, but to have something new in the marketplace is super, super exciting. Um, um, also, um, I think Scott and I talked the first time, was I working with the black Bettys then? Was I doing the Bettys? I'm not sure. I don't recall. And you work with the freedom. black Bettys? Are you oh, the Bettys are, the Bettys are, that's my group, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, we did, we, we sent up a test balloon couple of years ago a little piece called you belong to me well <laughs> crazy well received in the uk and all of that kind of stuff so we're sending up another one uh into december this joint we got called private party it's more of a dance thing um the stuff that i'm doing on vanessa is straight dance i want to be on the stage when they handing out them trophies next year i promise you i'm getting a dance grammy this year i just i mean period um there's no <laughs> two ways about it so anyway, but but aside from that, I'm, I'm, I want I want to finish this real quick. Um, we uh, uh, and I think this was for Tommy because you talked about um, uh, you know telling your your story the 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 funk band uh, musical uh, uh, idea. I think that is incredible. Um, there, there's there's always a, a story that uh, the African proverb says that we the story will always glorify the hunter until the lion tells his side. Um, and so for you to be telling the story about your band, the bands, we never talked about bands. We've talked about doo-wop groups. We've talked about stand-up groups. Like you said, uh, Five Heartbeats, Temptations. We've seen those movies. Um, by the way, I had two songs in the Five Heartbeats, some of those partial um, as a writer. Um, but um, yeah, we have to tell that story because to your point, Greg, we got our music in school. We were, I remember Mr. Hoskins handed me a brand new alto saxophone in the eighth grade and the rest is history. It saved my life. I grew up in South Central Los Angeles. I know what it, my life expectancy was 21, but because I was so engaged in the whole music thing, people were like, leave him alone. Don't mess with him. He's our guy. He's the one that's going to make it out. You know what I mean? And it happened like that. Um, but had that had we not had music in schools, that's where I met Cornelius Mims and Derek and Thomas Oregon and Rex Salas and Chucky Booker. We met in school. We had music in schools. Ronald Reagan's 19 era, 1980s era budget cut started the end of music in schools. And ever since, it's been on a downturn. We've, we, as a musical community and people who have been in this thing, it is up to us. Greg, God bless you, my friend, because you are doing God's work. Yeah. That's yeah, what we really. have to do. Yeah. You know, that is that is what we have to do. And I'm 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 so grateful to see you do that. But yeah, man, doing this new Vanessa Williams record, I have a program that I do every year called Respect Yourself, the music of a movement. Since I moved to Atlanta, I was bitten by the social justice bug. 
um, I don't know whether it's walking the same streets as Dr. King and, and, and Dr. Lowry and those guys, but um, there's work to do. Um, and people in our industry have been doing the work. The Curtis Mayfields, the Marvin Gaye's, the Donnie Hathaway's, the Staples Singers. Um, this presentation is, uh, we won an award called the Communicators Award for best live stream event last year. Um, and we'll be doing it again for Black History Month here in Atlanta and, and in Dallas, maybe LA, um, but we're, st we're still trying to work out the details. But um, it is a live performance, which is dedicated to what I call the unsung hero of the civil rights movement, the music. And, and so I do that this, for the same reason that Andre 3000 just released his new album, to lift the vibration. We, we, our music is now, in a, our commercial music is now in a place where anything goes, anything can be said by anybody. Um, but my whole thing is we are the only people who make music about killing each other. And it is awarded and rewarded, and that is offensive to my very soul. My my whole thing is is I couldn't nobody could tell me as a kid what kind of music to listen to. My mother put me out of the house behind Prince's Dirty Mind record, but I know one thing: <laughs> I can present an alternative to get your eyes over here. Hey, maybe if you know who you are and where you come from, you'll do better than telling me about your genitalia and what color it is. I don't care about that. That's not helping anybody. It's not doing anything for anything or anyone. Yeah. But I think that that's what's promoted. If we live, yeah, well, that's going to be well promoted by a record company who also has investment in private prisons, because if they can get you to talk about your nonsense genitalia, then they know they have a certain amount of people going to jail and that'll keep their doors open and their coffers full. Listen, that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah. And I'm sure Brother Greg probably knows all about it. But I'm just saying in the meantime, I'm going to put something else into the atmosphere that lifts the vibration. Even even in the stuff that I'm writing for other people, man, it's about lifting the vibration up off the floor. Yeah. We our, our politics, our everyday social existence has just gotten so vile and less civil that it is it's 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 really sad. So, I mean, my contribution, man, I mean, if I can just lift the vibration, lift, elevate the conversation, elevate the the knowledge base, then I feel like I've done something and I left something here. Mm -hmm. Well, let's face it, too, man, the, the record labels are losing muscle left and right, you know, sure. They, you don't need them to record. You don't need them to promote. Nope. You don't need them for so much stuff. So we have the power in our hands more now than we ever have before. Absolutely. So if we can right. just get people to think, okay, instead of all of that stuff that the labels want me to do, like promote, you know, death and crime, let's go out there and do something, you know, formidable for our community and, and let's face it for the world you know it's, it all trickles down or trickles up however whichever way gravity's pointing mm -hmm. but uh, yeah but uh what you were saying man makes great great sense man we is now is the time to put something out there of significance yeah Absolutely. yeah I, I have to say um uh when i started off i just wanted to give a short thing because i didn't know how this was going to go but after hearing everything everybody's saying, my documentary, because it's real, um, it turned it turned went went from two episodes to eight. Mm -hmm. So it's a mini series, and it's a mini series because it's the life of music in my life. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I go through my whole mandrel career and and what the music industry did to me, uh, did to us, how why we disappeared for twenty years and didn't really make a, a significant comeback. There's reasons for everything. And 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 there's a quest, big question mark over, over the name Mandrel, what happened? Mm -hmm. But aside from that, I disappeared, I became a minister. And then you, you, you mentioned prostate cancer. I had four stage prostate cancer. It metastasized to my bones and I was oh, given man. 15 months to live. And I'm still here playing drums. You know, praise God, <laughs> you know, I mean, yes. I, I went on a, a strict therapy diet, not a diet, but a way of life, the Gerson therapy. 
Yeah. And uh, I, I did no chemo, no radiation, nothing. And I, 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 because I was actually visited by Christ and, and he told me he was going to put his blood in me one drop at a time. And it took four years. I was on hospice for seven months. You know, the doctor was going to take off my, my, my right leg mm -hmm. and gave me 15 months if he took off the right leg, you know, and it, it became a really big deal that came down to faith, you know, so this documentary goes through all the hospital visits. It goes through all of that. And then finding band members to be a part of what I was going to do in Philadelphia, my, my comeback farewell performance, I use teachers. Every single person in the band is a teacher of music. Wow. You know, so they, they I, I had to do that. And so I tell their stories. I go into their lives. You know, and 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 so that's what it's about. It is about passing on, especially in my case, guys. I mean, I was there in the very, very beginning, first generation funk. There was no funk festivals before Mandrill, you know, <laughs> and and so I was a part of something that was happening while we were developing it. You know, so it it was a trip. I became friends with a lot of people on the road, and 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 wrote music with them. That's part of this documentary. So this documentary really is about reality. And what are we going to do with the children? What are we going to do with music today? Where are we going tomorrow? I know you want to talk about twenty four, and that's if we don't hit twenty four hard on the ground running, like now. I think we're going to have a problem because we're going to be talking about this going into 25. This is the time of action. This is the year of action, of change, you know, of passing the baton on. To, I don't know what's going to happen to me tomorrow. I know today I'm teaching a young one what I know so they can carry on. I don't want them to go to records and go, mm, I think that's what he was playing. I think that's it. You can't really tell. You need a mentor that was actually there to, to pass on his knowledge to you, to these young, talented kids that that all they need is mentoring. You know, they don't need a record yeah. deal. They need mentoring. You know, the record business is gone as far as I'm concerned. It is just as dark as it can get. You know, I don't want any part of any of that. You know, that's why I say I hold on to my music, just like you guys talked about Spotify. I won't do that. There's no reason to do that. And and I know I, I get a lot of flack, but this release the funk album, I put it privately for sale and it's $60. I'm sorry, but I put a lot of my blood into that CD. No, and, 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 and when you hear it, it sounds like it's straight out of the 70s. It's well, well produced. You know, well done. And you don't even know that it's a new record, you know. So I had to make my money back somehow. This is my way of doing it. I don't think about large numbers. I think about smaller numbers, but increasing the price. Because there is an audience out there that will buy just about whatever you give them because they want to support you, you know. And that audience grows and grows and grows. It doesn't have to get that big before you're actually supporting yourself through your art. You know, but but more so than that, at my age, I'm not thinking about that so much. I'm thinking more about passing on the art that that's really where I'm at. And if I need to make money to do that, then let me make some money and then go do that. But that's the plan that that I'm putting into action that's going forth into this next year. First of all, I want to say God bless you, my brother, for your for beating that prostate cancer as well as you, Kip. I mean, it's a testament to your minds, your minds, not just your bodies, but your minds and where your spirit is and where you're going as far as what you think and how you act. That is That plays a major part in healing and and moving forward man that's that's it's just beautiful man i just want to say god bless both of you cats you know because that's it's it's a thing that calls attention to black men and their health yeah as well you know we 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 really have to hammer that home you know we we as men period don't want to go to the doctor don't want to know what's going on don't you know oh what's that little thing going on oh well, you know well i wait no, man, you have to have daily physicals, daily, uh, yearly 
six months, go to the doctor, go get your physical, get checked out. You know what I mean? I, I did the same thing, man, had a colonoscopy. First one, just earlier this year. Thank God nothing was there, but I did want to, you know, but that was one of the things that, you know, it's just procrastination. You know, you got to do it. Just just do it. And and you'll find whatever the results are, just got to deal with it, man. We're all grown. We all have to face whatever it is that's in front of us because we, we owe it to ourselves, to our families, to the people who love us and, and, right. and that we're, that we're healthy, man. So we all is something you can handle, you know, knowing about it is go. the whole thing, man. If you don't yeah. know, then you're, you're asking for trouble. Exactly. Um, and knowing about it, then means, okay, well, if there's something there, then you can do something about it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, like Naftali said, his was stage four, mine was stage three. And it was like, you know, we can do this surgery thing or we can do this long drawn. I'm like, listen, I'm 60 plus years old, man. I'm not trying to handle babies. I'm, I'm okay with that, with that. So let's do the surgery and, and move on. But um, I think there is a bit of apprehension, especially, of course, we know as a realistic apprehension when it comes to um, uh, black folks and the and medical stuff. Um, you know, when you start talking about the Tuskegee experiments and stuff like that, people, mm -hmm. especially black men, we get apprehensive about, I don't want to go to no doctor. Well, listen, this is not 1963. God bless you. And I'm not saying it didn't happen. It did happen. And it was diabolical. Um, but these days, going to get checked, going to get your PSA, which is a blood test, which will let you know it's prostate-specific antigen is what PSA stands for. And it will let you know if those numbers are elevated and if you need to do something about it, D simple as that, you know, but you need to do it. And just like Tommy said, man, we have, we have to do better. Um, our numbers as black men in this country, when it comes to prostate cancer are through the roof yeah. and they're ridiculously dis disparate from our uh, Caucasian neighbors. They are not the same. Um, I, you, I, you know, we have a million reasons as to why, a lot of it is, yes, our diet, uh, lack of exercise, which is another thing we got to talk about fitness in terms of our wellness plan. You know, we got to get up. You have to move this machine or this machine will break down like any other car. So you got to you have to move it. You got to tune it and all of those kinds of things. But we got to go to the doctor, man. Um, and look around. We live here in Atlanta area, man. Fulton County does a wonderful job of testing especially for uh, prostate cancer for men, for breast cancer for women, mm -hmm. um, and for high blood pressure and diabetes. Um, my church, the Impact Church here in East Point, just did a biometric screening for free. It was like $300 worth of exams for, uh, for diabetes, for high blood pressure, hypertension, uh, PSA for men, um, just, you know, all kinds of body mass. It, it was incredible. Um, so, you know, you can look around for those kinds of things if you don't have a doctor, if you're looking at this right now. Um, I mean, you know, a lot of us don't have health insurance. A lot of us that grew up in this business still to this day, I'm 60, almost two years old, and we still don't have health insurance. Um, and it's it's a shame that it isn't afforded to us as a universal doctrine here in this country, the richest country in the world. But, you know, that's what happens when you might be living off pretense. But anyway, um, in the meantime, check with your county health departments, wherever you may live. Um, they, too, may do some of these free testings, health, free screenings um, and stuff like that. But also look into Music Cares, um, which is the Grammy um, uh, um, uh, subsidiary that kind of does a lot of health stuff. They do dental work. If you're if uh for for little or nothing, I mean I've I've had my teeth done there before I had a dentist, before I had dental insurance. I mean, listen, take advantage of those kinds of things. But music cares for all of our musician friends who may need you know some assistance in those areas, um, and they also have referrals and stuff too. Inbox me, Uncle Kipper at Gmail. Um, send me an email. I'll try to steer you in the right direction. Um, and give you some information because it's real necessary, y'all super super necessary and thank that's you for good, saying that tommy i appreciate that that's a good that's a good 24 resolution for everybody watching listening to take care of themselves in the coming year and and get yourself checked out for sure we so, are what we eat 
Yeah, that part too. Yep. So sick, you got to take a look at what's been going inside of you. What's going on? Everybody thinks it's all genetic, but you could change everything around. What goes into your body is supposed to be edifying. You know, and I've learned what what's good and what's bad, and it's really not rocket science. <laughs> Discipline. Sure. Dis That's right. Right. Yeah. So, so if anybody out there, is, if anybody out there is still eating Thanksgiving leftovers, <laughs> make sure you you call your doctor in the morning. <laughs> Please throw hey, them out. This is Thursday, y'all. Everybody, look at your teeth. Look at your teeth. Do you have fangs? No. Your intestines are 20 feet long, not five feet long. Yes. You, we are not supposed to be eating meat like we are, if at all. Yeah. You know, we're just conditioned to consume it. And it, it's become a habit. You know, I was like, yeah, I'm just going to cut out meat. Shoot, man, you know, I'm good. A sausage biscuit taste. And I got to say no to that. A bag of chips. You, yeah. We are what we eat, and we just have to have discipline to go ahead and put the right stuff in our bodies, so that right. we ain't have suffering from all of these things. That, especially an American diet, you know. Yeah, yeah. that's, 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 yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, the musician diet is the worst. Being on the road. Come on, sir. Trying to find something healthy and good to eat on the road. Mm -mm. Yeah, no. it's, it's, it's all house. the fast the journey. All that bad stuff, but the instant version. <laughs> <laughs> you know, right. you know. <laughs> yes. Man, man it's right. hard. It's hard. We Let's... have to try to keep each other alive, you know, and, and that's by sharing knowledge. Yes. You know? yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This so dynamic about this conversation because we're not only talking about music and things of that nature, but we're talking about real life stuff. You know what I mean? Real life things that go on every day. You yeah, know, you know, us, another... it's, it's a global, it's a humanistic, you know, kind of situation, man. You know, what I mean? whether you're making the music or listening to it, you got to take care of yourself to enjoy yeah. it. So, you, a, a major concern of mine also is the mental health of musicians today. God, yes. It yes. is really bad, especially for people my age that were famous, that aren't famous anymore. The changes that they've gone through, whether it be all kinds of addictions, mm -hmm. all kinds, they're in yeah. trouble. They're in trouble. And, and young people today are looking at older people and trying to find some kind of template on how to, how to be famous. And they're seeing some things they shouldn't be seeing. And that's not the way to get to where you need to be. The, you need to, I tell you, the mental state of our musicians is in trouble. We need to address that. There needs to be some, I, I, I don't know if there is, but there needs to be some kind of society set up to where there's a fund for musicians. I, I tell you, they got veterans, they got this, they got that. Musicians that were are on a record should have some kind of fund set up for them that that they could take advantage of it, like all these other funds that are available to a lot of people. You know how much money is made in the record industry? Come on, give me a break. We can do, we can put some money back into people that that grew this industry. You know that didn't make a cent. Unfortunately, you know, I don't think they the industry itself, and I don't mean to cut you off, Natalie, but the yeah. industry itself is not that empathetic they are not no, that caring not. they don't really they don't really care about that because if they will sell music about murder and mayhem they certainly don't give a shit about you going crazy in the meantime <laughs> however and i don't even i don't mean to use that word lightly and either I, no. I just mean that's that's the way that they look at it but again to your point though um music cares has a very large mental wellness component if to if you guys tune into music cares because they really address mental wellness it is so imperative and thank you for bringing that up yeah um you know uh you know one of the things that i i've noticed of course and i'm sure we all have is this new school of fame anyway it's never been important to be famous that wasn't the thing you did what you did because you loved it and the fame came but those people who seek out fame especially now in this, and I'll say it in this Kardashian school of being famous for being famous, that is the most dangerous drug available because there is no substance to it. There's no grounding. You you didn't get 
famous because you were good at anything. You didn't get, uh, you know what I mean? You just got famous because you kept being seen or heard and talked about. And that's not, that's not the desired effect. Samuel Jackson says it best. Get good. Fame is residue. It happens. Get good at what you do. You know, it's about the craft. And I think for us playing in garage rehearsals and, you know, and just, you know, just rehearse until we fell out and, and all of that kind of crap just to play some dive bar for 30 people who were drunk and not listening anyway. It didn't matter because we were going to be the best we could at that <laughs> performance. And I mean, that's what it was about for us getting good. You just want to be great at what you do. That fame thing, please let that be a side effect. Don't let that be the desired effect. Right. It just happens. It just it, it just happens. And treat it as though it just happens. Maya yeah. Angelou says, don't pick it up and don't put it down. When someone says something great about you, oh, you're just the most wonderful thing we've ever seen. Thank you. Don't pick that up. Yeah. Don't yeah. pick that up. And when somebody <laughs> says, you know what? We came out here tonight and y'all were shit. This was the worst money we've ever spent. Don't put that down. Take that. Pick it up and go, wow, okay, so what what did we do that wasn't it's it's a fair exchange. Yeah. You know, don't don't glorify yourself just because somebody said you were good, but don't beat yourself up because somebody said you were bad. Pay yeah. attention and use all of that to your best ability. But listen, mental wellness, find somebody to talk to. There's BetterHelp, betterhelp.com, um, that you can always go to to try to find someone to talk to. Sometimes you just need to be heard. And yeah. I get that. Sometimes we just need to be heard. And sometimes there's nobody there to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, if we can, and, 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 and when we ask somebody, Hey man, how you doing? Be prepared to listen. Thank you. <laughs> Cause you know what it is too, man, you know, and especially with men in society, you know, we're told, you know, suck it up. Yeah, you know, bullshit. I mean, don't yeah, talk to anybody. Keep it to yourself. Figure out a way or something. Mm -hmm. We don't talk as much as we should to someone else, especially someone, you know, that's professionally trained to handle such a conversation. Sure. You know, yeah. we ended up keeping all of that stuff in uh, until we start cracking and bursting at the seams. Yeah. Yeah. And then they wonder why we run around like we cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. That's why, because, you know, society says, no, you don't do that. That's for, you know, you're weak. You're a softy. If, yeah, especially if you, black male machismo. Um, right. You know, you talk yeah, when somebody that. says, when, you, when somebody asks you how you're doing, are you prepared to really know? Or are you just, is that just something you're yeah. saying? Because yeah, I, exactly. I will ask you, you to, hit? I mean, are you really asking me that? Or are you just shooting the shit? Because right. uh, I, I got time. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know. <laughs> yeah it is well, it's nice talking to you guys you know oh, man. <laughs> absolutely hey, thank you Scott stuff. this was great important. Yeah. I think it's important thank you Scott for bringing us together yeah. oh man my pleasure yeah we should stuff. all you know not just let this sit on the table man we you know we need to yeah. actually you know stay in touch with it I think everybody knows everybody so you know right. we have all we have all the contacts and all that stuff yeah. so you know let's well, check I'm, it I'm with on. everybody you know, I'm a minister of the gospel. I'm not hard to find at all. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, so, you know it, it's it's good to open yourselves up to people that might be in tune with this broadcast. You know, that might be going through something. Yeah, it might be spiritual. It, it might it might be something else. It might be just going through. You know, I'm stuck musically. You know, those 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 walls that we all get into that the creativity, the juices just stop for a minute. How do they get, how do you get them flowing again? Questions like that are really, really good questions to to take from from somebody asking you, you know, so these people walk through the door at church. You know, they don't know who I am. And I don't tell them who I am. It's not important who they think I am. It's who I'm representing, you know, and 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 and. Uh, and they leave feeling better, you know, because it's just, it, you know, perspective. You know, they walk in there feeling one way, they walk out feeling another way. What changed? Ten minutes? It's what was said to them. Words are very, very powerful, you know, positive and on the negative side also. 
There's much more to this great Truth and Rhythm interview. Just continue on to the next part of the episode. Also, be sure to subscribe to this channel. If you've already done so, please share it with friends. And become a member by joining Truth and Rhythm on Patreon or consider donating at funkinstuff.net. Thank you very much.